Okay, let's test out our microphone. We're testing out the microphone. We're testing out the microphone. We're talking. We should release this bonus content. Falling Program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I dot com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts. Emily and Erica. Here we are. Indeed. Uh, everybody has a talent in life, and sometimes you don't know what that talent is until you test out your microphone. <laughs> test in the microphone. Which apparently we're really good at. <laughs> we're awesome at that. Hi, GleeCast listeners. Uh, it's GleeCast, as you already heard in our intro. We're here to talk about episode 2.18. Uh, I forgot what it was called. Oh my god! Minute I, I something. Don't even know. Proactive nose jobs. No, um, oh, I have no idea what the title of this episode was. Actually, me I'm, think looking, about it. I'm looking. I'm looking. Bam! Bam! I don't know. But anyway, uh, I don't know if we have anything else to do say in our introduction. It was a, another week of Glee. It was the 90 minute episode. I don't think anything spectacular Born happened in the way. Glee world. Oh, was that's it? surprising. Born this way. Born this way. Oh, I knew that. I knew it. Um, we did, uh, there are apparently is a very dramatic Glee spoiler released in the world that an extra on the Glee set spilled to a source. I don't know what it is, and I'm going to try my best to avoid knowing what it is. It's hard in this world we live in of it is. internet and internet on your phones, which what is up with that? I still don't have it, so I don't know. But. I just got an iPhone and I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with it. So Yeah, she's like, Erica might be a little distracted this episode because she's playing words with friends who apparently are not GleeCast listeners because if they were your friends, you would be giving them the episode rather than playing words with I'm them. Not, I'm not playing words with Whatever. friends. Whatever. I just happened to post on Twitter It's that sitting I there it. looking at you. Why does it have I to know, look at you? I'm trying to put it away. Mm. I put it away. Mm. I'm trying to... I'm trying to charge it. It needs to be charged. Oh, isn't that convenient? Can we tell everybody what its name is? We can. I got the new Verizon white iPhone. Mm. Call me racist, but I like the white mm-hmm. iPhone. It's pretty it's in white. Really I like white Apple products. Um, of course you do. But anyway, Emily came up with a brilliant name for mm-hmm. it. Do you want to say it? Eva. Yay! But how do you spell it? You actually spell it all capitalized E-V-E. Mm-hmm. Which... You- pronounce it like Wally does. Yes. And I'm assuming everybody out there is like Wally and is immediately crying and like I'm going to watch Wally, Wally right now because it's pretty much the one of the best movies ever made. Yes. It's um, in my top 20. We all have to excuse me this week because I clearly have nasal passage issues. Clearly. Right um, yeah, actually it really doesn't don't sound that bad. I hear it in myself. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, I hear sound it a like, little bit. You just sound I a little sound younger. I sound like I'm talking about my nose. Cold. Which is good because you're getting older, so you should be sounding. You know, you should be doing everything you can to be younger right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, as you carry that skateboard around, trying to blend in with the younger crowd. Mm-hmm. Give it up, Erica. You're getting old. I've dealt with it, and I'm older than you. Okay, <laughs> plucked a gray hair out of my head the other day. I wasn't denying it. Kind of hurt. You were you're projecting onto me. I think. Yeah, I do that sometimes. All right. All right. Should we just get into the episode? Yeah. Is there anything else we have to say? Visit us at palaver.com. We'll say that stuff later. Okay, fine. Fine. Okay, forget it. Forget <laughs> we always I said say that. that stuff at the end. I get confused. Okay, so this episode um, was written by Brad Falchuk, mm-hmm. who, of course, did Grilled Cheeses, uh, the religious episode. Well, that was the religious episode. That, yeah, that was the it. sex. Did he do the sex episode? I can't remember. No, know. Um, he, you know, he's, he's done a lot of the more kind of emotional episodes, I'd say. Uh, directed by Alfonso Gomez Rejon, who also directed Grilled Cheeses, the Christmas episode, and Laryngitis. 
So he's somebody who directed a couple of the episodes. Apparently, I liked all of those episodes. He actually. directs episodes where Rachel has to go to the doctor. Yes, that's his thing. It would seem. All right. So here is the Glee Camp. Maybe they were neglected because they were simply born this way. Or so, episode 18 of season two purports. Finn's spastic dance moves break Rachel's nose, leading her to a plastic surgery pushing doctor who makes her wonder if a little rhinoplasty is the true secret to gold stars. Upon announcing her likely transformation, Will is horrified and decides to, you guessed it, teach the kids a lesson about liking the things they don't like about themselves. Be that liking boys, not wearing weaves, big trotty mouths, or OCD. Something Emma might finally acknowledge in a sad and effective psychiatric session. What's more fitting for an episode about physical discomfort with oneself than a prom queen race? Nothing. Which is why said storyline unites some of Glee's ladies. Lauren decides to throw her head into the crown ring, digging up info on Quinn slash Lucy Caboose's secret past as a fat pimpled brunette. Though it stings our blonde former pregnant cheerleader, she emerges victorious with a newfound comfort with her dark days. Santana decides the best way to the throne is by uniting with... Uniting with her gaydar detective Karofsky, forming a beardly union of anti-bullying and convincing Kurt to return home to McKinley on the condition that everybody's favorite closet case helps form Pledge. Oh, and the gang stages another mall flesh mob to convince Rachel not to get a nose job, which is also great for filling up a full 90 minutes of what you might have missed on Glee. So it was a 90-minute episode. It was. Uh, Let's start with that fact that it was a 90-minute episode. Did you think it needed to be 90 minutes? Um... I th- I think there was a lot of story. I think mm-hmm. I think the ni- the extra in theory it's probably only what 23 minutes yeah, I guess with so. commercial time. I think it it helped it um which I actually now that you brought it up, I feel like that's something that I've been having issue with is the pacing and shoving so much stuff into an yeah. episode and it, this episode felt complete. So I More, think it I did help that. it a lot. Okay, I could see that. Like it wasn't I wasn't, I didn't ever feel like it was lagging for me. I did think, and I guess I'll get into this in the songs, but there was one particular song that felt way too long and kind of unnecessary and was like, this is there for 90 minutes. This is there to stretch it out a little bit, I thought. But for the most part, I'd agree. I think, um, it's funny, as I was thinking about the recap, I, it was hard to remember everything that happened because it happened to a range of characters in this episode. Yeah. And even though it all kind of tied together, I think it actually tied together really well with the theme. The theme being born this way, you know, like kind of who you are and the things you might be able to change or not change about yourself. Because that even comes in with Larry, really, mm-hmm. and his whole, you know, like you can't change the fact that you're gay, probably. Um, and that wasn't harped on, but it was just there. It was like one more theme for the episode. So yeah. I like that about it. Um, Plot wise, should we break it down? Yeah. All right. Uh, we start with the nose job. Yep. So, what'd you think? It was funny that Finn finally smacked someone in the face. I, I like how much of him not being able to dance was a big part of this episode. Because, yeah. again, I like what they've done where they, I feel like they realized at a certain point, hey, Finn really can't dance. Like, it, Corey Monkey can't dance. Can't dance yeah. And I really like how they worked that in. And now it's just, it's part of his character. And it, it was cute and it was funny. Um, and I, I liked this for Rachel. Because I feel like it is something realistically that she would at some point in life be confronted with Mm -hmm. that sense of like, look, you are a beautiful, she's beautiful. She's a gorgeous girl, but you can be a little more conventional if you fix this one thing about you that isn't so conventional. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have a problem with plastic surgery. I've known people who've gotten it. I think it's fine, but I do think it's what, you know, we said about Santana. You're when you're 17, you don't need a nose job. You're not done developing. Yeah. Like give it time. You're going to be in life. Yeah. Give, give yourself time to like yourself and, you know, come to peace with it. And I mean, what if it did affect her singing? 
It might have. What, what if it did? It would have been terrible. Well, according to the doctor, it would have affected it in a good way. In a good way. Which, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, but this kind of ties into Quinn, mm-hmm. who we find out had a nose job. Had a nose job. And a lot of weight reduction. And a yep. proactive uh, contract or something. Now, she says I started taking proactive. That bothered me because proactive is a facial cleanser. You don't take it. You wash your face with it. Oh, okay. That bothered me. I never knew what it was. I just know that every celebrity well, under 20 advertises it. it. The one Lindsay Lohan did at a certain point. It. Jessica Simpson did. Yeah. But it's a face wash system. It's like a oh. three-step system that you, you So she should have said I started washing my face with proactive. I started using proactive. Mm. No, I started taking it. Yeah, I can understand that. So yeah, that makes it sound like it was a pill. Yeah. Um, I had... I was torn on this story because on one hand, I think it was, it made Quinn interesting. I think our problem, like Quinn, I think because we've said Diana of Aragon is a great actress, I think. Um, but it, this, the writers don't always know what they want Quinn to be. Sometimes she's just a bitch. Sometimes she's really sympathetic. Sometimes she's complicated. In this case, I felt like they, the last like couple episodes with the prom queen thing, it's been like a step back for Quinn because we're yeah. like, what, really? This is what she cares about now? But I like that they kind of tried to deepen her in this episode and be like, no, look, this is why she is who she is. However, it was so clearly decided this week. Because, <laughs> and here's why. Here's why you know they never felt this way, thought this about Quinn before. All of those episodes where she has complained about what having a baby is going to do to her body, what has she always complained about? Um, what did she want Santa to fix about her? Her stretch marks. Her stretch marks. Her fucking stretch marks. No, yeah, if you were a fat, fat girl and then you got marks. skinny and then you got pregnant, you don't give a fuck about stretch marks. You're terrified about being fat again. Mm-hmm. And how clear was it that Quinn never was a fat girl until this episode? No. Because there is no way that would not have been a huge part of her, of this constant fear of being fat again. Like, it's just, it's present. Plain and simple. Oh, and she's a brunette? I didn't like that. No? No, because her mother is like blonde, blonde, blonde. Her mom's blonde, yeah. And I just she was dyeing her hair the whole time she was pregnant. Yeah, she, you're not allowed to do that. Exactly. Like, I just, I, I just, you know, it's fine, whatever. It's an episode of a TV show. It's just, you know, throwing it in because it's a good episode thing. I just want them to be better. I just wanted that to be tighter. I wanted at least her to have blonde hair. Like, just something. All I can see all it made me think of is the movie Saved. Have you seen that with Mandy Moore? I did. It's like the same exact thing where okay. she's like a bitch and she wants to be. Prom and then you queen find out it's because then, she was. And, yeah, she was fat and raised pig. Or that great episode of Law and Order SVU with Anthony Anderson <laughs> and Roma Meach, Ro- whatever her name is from the Nightmare on Elm Street remake and the new Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The girl who was in the. Oh, sorry, Mookie's tail just whacked the, the phone, the microphone. Um, the girl who was in the first scene of Facebook, the ex girlfriend. Uh, she's in this episode of Law and Order SVU where. Um, she is, I think, sodomized with a baseball bat, of course, because oh. that happens sometimes. Yeah, and it it's like, why would it? And she's really whiny the whole episode. She's like, I don't understand why anybody would do that to me. Everybody likes me. I'm popular. And you find out she was, um, I know Ashley out there is listening and being like fist pumping to this because she knows <laughs> this episode, I'm sure. Um, so what happened was they find out it's like this family of really fat kids who have been doing who did it to her because she like her and her friends really made fun of them and like the one kid's diabetic and like lost half of his fingers and stuff and so she really made fun of them and so then they get her back by sodomizing her with a baseball bat um that seems fair but the whole revelation is that she used to be fat she came went to a different school she went to fat camp and there's a great scene with anthony anderson and her 
where he's like, why do you hate? Why do, why do you hate these people? I don't hate anyone. You have a problem with fat people, don't you? What about me? I'm a, a hefty man. <laughs> and it's just the best acting Anthony Anderson has ever done. And I urge everybody to seek out that episode of Law and Order SVU. Okay, then. Okay. Um, I like the styling of the reveal scene. Oh, okay. I see what the other note I had. No, first of all, this is also a Lauren storyline. Yeah, because Lauren decides that she should be prom queen. Right. What'd you think? Um, <clears throat> I like that. I like the, um, you know, they want someone who looks like them, not someone who looks like mm-hmm. you. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's enough of a jock and like popular girl population that in that school that, that Lauren wouldn't necessarily get voted. I don't know. I don't know. I'm torn because that was one of the questions I had. People out there in the world. What did you want out of your prom queen what back was in with high those school? Three girls that were dressed alike. I don't know. What was that? They were like that a little bizarre. Greek chorus. Like, yeah. Do those? Here's a question. Do those girls care about prom queen? Like, did you care about who to vote for prom queen no. back in the day? Like, I just remember going to prom and like somebody giving me a ballot, and I was like, I don't, I don't know any of these people. And like, I think I had a friend on there, so I'm like, all right, I guess I'm voting. I think her. our teachers picked prom queen. We got to vote for the homecoming court, but our teachers were actually the ones who picked Ooh, prom queen. And weird. King. Yeah, it was super weird. See, ours, I know homecoming. The homecoming. Um, Court was picked by teachers because that wasn't supposed to be about looks. That was also like kids that were really involved. So like you could have the geeks in there, but like we voted on it. Students voted on it. And then the prom, I think it was just all by vote. So it's like, I think you voted before prom and then it was like the court was based on votes and then the winner was just based on whoever had the most votes out of that or something. I don't know. I didn't care. Um, I was eating because our homecoming court was like captain of the football team and his girlfriend mm, was yeah. king and queen. But then our prom king and queen was actually two kids that were in all honors classes. Interesting. Yeah, it was weird. Hmm. I don't know. But the big thing is, like, I don't think people care. I don't know. Because I haven't been in high school in, yeah. in 10 years I mean, so 11 point, years. So care, I don't know. So. But even then I didn't care. And I guess people did. They must. But, I mean, I guess I like this from Laura. I, I thought this was a story that could have been um, – it's a, the thing with Lauren where I think they learned their lesson. Like – Having her be this ridiculously negative stereotype for a year and a half, and then them probably getting enough feedback that they're like, you know what, let's make her a person. And I believed her as a person this episode the whole time through. Like, I even like that she kind of made a really bitchy move by posting Quinn's picture. Like, that was mean. And I was fine with that. Because I'm like, yeah, Lauren can be a... Like, I want her to be three-dimensional. So I want her to be a bitch and a nice girl that I care about. And I I felt that way. I can agree with that. Yeah. I like the styling of... um, when Quinn realizes, like, I think this was a really well-directed episode in some ways. And the moment when Quinn realizes that, the, like, the poster is hanging up, it goes to slow-mo, the sound change, like, the sound was really interesting at that point. And there's, there were, had, like, like, tunnel vision, like... Yeah, it was stylized really well, I thought, for an episode, especially compared to last week, which we said was, was bland really all directed. around, and there was nothing visual about it. I thought this was much more interesting that way. Um, should we, who do you want to talk about next? Um, you want to just keep moving down? Okay. About Santana and Larry. So Santana, um, detects with her gaydar. Which I love. I, I, I did too. When yeah. When he checks out Sam's All he had to do. <laughs> and then I was just looking at what, what kind of pants he was wearing. Yeah, oh, like that's any less gay. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, Santana, I think has be, is becoming like everybody's favorite now. Clearly. Yeah. Like she's just interesting and i mean naya rivera kicks ass yeah and i want to know more about her like i want to learn about her family life and, mm-hmm. and 
you know, like we said before, her father's a doctor, but she's from Lima Heights. Like, right, right. And, like, like, I want them to straighten that out. Yeah, like, she seems smart but dumb. Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Even, like, she's talking. She's like, well, you know, maybe in community college I'll experiment or junior yeah. college. Like, I, I don't – I want – I really do want to know more about Santana. Um, so she, you know, kind of uses her Latina Lady Macbeth ways to <laughs> – actually, no. Well, I'll get to that line later. Um, but she's able to – you know, leverage some things. Again, her deciding to be wrong queen, whatever. It worked for the storyline. Yeah. Didn't I don't really believe it about her, but whatever. Um I, I liked I thought they the, both of them played those scenes well. Like mm-hmm. when they hold hands, like both of them are so clearly not, not into, into it, it, but they're they're selling it, you know. Um the and I love the Guardian Angels reference mm-hmm. where they're in their berets, patrolling the hallways. I thought that was Against great. Against bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I, I, do, I do wish there was, um, pure motive behind the, their non-bullying deal, but I like that works. there wasn't like, and this ties back to like the very end of the episode. I like that Santana was not on stage dancing in her Lebanese shirt, but she was sitting in the audience wearing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that. it, And that Larry is still like, I, cause I mean, we're, we've all been worried about what they're going to do with him one way or right. the other. Are they going to make him... Or like just see the light and end an episode like totally happy, which I don't want because I don't believe that would happen yet. Right. Um, and was it Santana who even says to him like, you know, you're going to get married, you're going to do these things, like uh, you're you're what we call a late in life, late day. in life, yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to get married, have kids, and then one day wake up and you know. in a, in the restroom, tapping yeah. your foot like Larry Craig, yeah. Like, um, and I mean, I don't want that to happen to him, no, but I want. I want to believe that it will because, like, it probably would to a lot of closet gay guys in Ohio. In Ohio like, yeah. And so I I don't want them to make everything so happy. Like, I want them to show this realistic side. In the end, I, you know, hope he sees light as a character. Mm-hmm. But not from the point of view of, like... Because, again, my hope for Glee, it's like, I want it to prove people wrong who sit there and say it's all bubblegum and everything else. Yeah. Like, I want it to get dark. And I want it to be important. And I think... They're like they're. It can be, and sometimes it is. So we'll see where this goes. But yes, nope. Um, um, this ties of into, of course, this leads to the best part of the episode ever. Of course, because Kurt is back at in McKinley. a top hat and keychain necklace. Yay! Kurt's back. Um, and I, I liked how this worked out. Yep. You know? I like that. Um, they had that moment. At, I guess they were at Breadsticks because that's the only place they ever are. Besides the coffee place, maybe they were at the coffee place. It's um, mm. Darren, Chris, Blaine, and Kurt, Kurt and, and Santana. Tina. And Tina, I think, right? Santana is there. Yeah. And is it Tina? I don't know. I thought I it was, was Mercedes. Because I was kind of like, I don't know how this fits. Like, Santana right. doesn't hang out with them. That was weird. Maybe more now. Um, but I like that Blaine was encouraging him to return to McKinley. He yeah. was like, like, I have a boyfriend now, and I'm okay yeah. with him going to a different school. Like, I, it made yeah, me happy. I liked I like that, and I liked the like because you know as uh, when they're in the conversation when it's the the two dads and Kurt and Larry and um, Principal Figgins in the room, and you know uh, Bert saying, you know, we don't really have the money to send him to private school. Yeah, like, like, he shouldn't be there, and so it it made sense for him to come back under these conditions, and we'll see where it goes. It was good to see Daniel Robeck back. We'll, we'll play that interview sooner or later, friend. guys, but yes. Oh, God, yeah. I never released that. Shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We do have our exciting play interview that Erica will eventually release. I completely for- I told you I've been sick this week. I've been going to bed at like 9 o'clock at night. I haven't done anything this week. You're forgiven um, for now. It's been a bad week, but anyway. 
but yeah, so Kurt's back, which I mean, we kind of knew would happen. Yeah, but we're I'm eventually. Glad. But I'm glad it happened now. Yeah, absolutely. It's about goddamn time. And the, he has to go to New York. So. Oh, I mean, come on now. And I really like that what Kurt basically said to Larry was like, "You need to be educated." He's like, "You you don't have to come out like." You know, I'm not going to out you. I don't believe in outing. Right. But you need to know these things. Like, which, I mean, kind of comes back to what Bert said to Kurt a few weeks ago, yeah. which is like, I don't know when you're having sex. I don't really, you know, maybe I don't want to know the details, but I need you to know about it. Mm-hmm. It's my responsibility as a parent. And I feel like Kurt's now passing that on. Yeah. Like, he's in this place of confidence with himself where he can say, like, you need to know what it means to be gay. Like, whether you're acknowledging it or not, like, you need to know these things. And you need to know that there can be support. And so I'm, like, I like that. I really did. And I think it's a good message. Um, I think it was all handled really well. Me too. Me too. Um, Moving on to the last uh, bit of this. Emma. Miss Emma Pillsbury. Miss Emma Pillsbury and her OCD, which... You know, we've, we use the word OCD now. We're allowed to say it. She's no yes. longer a cleany bug or, or a neat, neat freak. freak. Um, the thing I really liked about this was, I, and I can't remember who, I think it's Wayne, said it in the feedback. Um, like, JMMA has got to really act in this episode. Yeah. And she was so good. She was. Like, just, I mean, I was, like, tearing up with some of her scenes because it was just, like, the scene in the psychiatrist's office where she's saying, like, well, this is who I'm supposed to be. This is me. Like, I thought that was that was great because you can understand that. Like, if you've lived with something your whole life, then how can you? What, what, you know, maybe yeah, you don't have to why change should it. I change it? Um, and then, you know, the psychiatrist answer, who was Kathleen Quinlan, um, Tom Hanks' wife. Oh. Yeah. No, not Tom Hanks' no, wife. His, Tom Hanks' wife his, in Rita Apollo Wilson. 13. <laughs> his wife oh. in Apollo 13. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> yes, no. Um, the one he had an affair with with Rita Wilson probably when he was filming Apollo 13, I'm sure. Um, Tom Hanks is a good man. Oh, come now. No. I'm a firm believer. I follow him on Twitter. Uh, he is a no, I, I like Tom Hanks too. He is like the one genuine person in Hollywood. Oh, it's going to be so sad when you find out he's like actually having sex with Lindsay Lohan, isn't it? Oh, God. No, <laughs> he's not. Oh, but anyway. He's one of the few who aren't a Scientologist too, right? Yes. No, you're totally right about that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. he's, no, he's a stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. You're right. What did I just... Power B, Tom Hanks. Power B. Was it, I guess it was SNL where he had all those cameos. Oh, he well, he cameoed on 30 Rock. Oh, yeah, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Hollywood A-List Club or whatever it was. Take him off the list. <laughs> it was great. Um, Tom Hanks should guest star on Glee. He should. He does TV stuff. He does, like, producing and stuff now for TV. He should play this big song on the... Uh, chopsticks on the big piano <gasps> for them. Yes, he should. Um, but in general, I, I liked that scene. I liked... Um, just treating it real yeah. and not being like it was still funny like it was still funny to watch her clean the chair and everything else but it was you know her coming slowly coming to terms with this and I, I liked yeah. it and she like I guess it's part partially like her she has one of those faces that we were talking you about this yesterday and- um with uh with Fozzie about like some actresses who are really good at crying and at making you cry yeah and like Jayma Mays has that Allison Hannigan look where like big eyes the red hair so like the pale skin like when she cries it's really hard you not have to cry, to with, cry her. with her yeah um did I miss anything in the episode I don't think so yeah okay it was a dense 90 minutes so it's hard to remember if I did or didn't I think that's everything though because no okay. one else had anything major okay so should we move into the song Sure. Okay. First one, a mashup. Yes. I feel pretty from West Side Story slash unpretty, unpretty. from. Who sings that I damn song? Know. I know who sings. Is it Pink? Maybe. 
Is it? No, it's TLC. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, I always get them confused with... Uh, I don't know why I thought it was Pink. Pink has a song like that, too, where she's like, I hate myself. <laughs> I should get a nose job. Um, <clears throat> What'd you think? Yeah. It was... I, I like the mashup. Um, it didn't come in for a while, I feel like. And then I was like, oh, they're singing I Feel Pretty, too. And then I was like, I want to be in America. And then I wanted them to sing that. But... Um, <laughs> No, I I liked it. It was a good number, and it's one of the first times where the number hasn't been performed for other people. It's been Mm. just for us, essentially. Oh, yeah, it was a character thing. It was, you know, telling a story. I loved this. And it was really good. Yeah, this was like, this, I don't know, this, because I liked it the first time, and I really loved it the second time. This might come back to be one of my favorites. Um, Just because I liked it, we've never, I don't think, heard Rachel and Quinn sing together, and it... I think they have really different voices and like Quinn is obviously not as accomplished a singer, but I thought their voices went perfectly together in this. Um, I found it really haunting. I like this kind of like, especially I think part of why I liked it better the second time was knowing then the Quinn backstory, which I still don't believe, but like the whole, like (laughs) you can change your nose if you want to. And like, it was this weird kind of Stepford wife thing from Mm -hmm. Quinn that was kind of creepy. But also this, like, self-satisfied, like, but I like myself now. Um, so I, I absolutely loved it. So this, this was actually a high point for me. And again, I like that it kind of just came in, that it was a, set in the hallways, in the classroom, kind of all around. And it was, like, I don't know, it kind of gave me the chills. I liked it. It was very... Hey. Bless you! Excuse me. That was a big one. It was. Um, so I think you just drenched Joplin. Sorry, Joplin. It was good. It was it was an enjoyable number. Um, it was a little long, but no, it was good. Okay, I liked it. I think I I would say that about all the songs this week. Yeah, was it they felt were all like very long. yeah, and I I don't know how much of that was like, hey, we got ninety minutes, so let's do let's long do songs. Song. But yeah, I think they were all full length. Um, which somebody was saying on the boards how like maybe they should like Glee shouldn't have to do full length like. Which I can agree with. And I think they do sometimes do a whole song when they don't need to. Um, and they, I mean, they definitely did it in this episode. It worked for me for the most part, except for one song, which we'll get to. Um, <laughs> next one was I've Gotta Be Me. I Gotta Be Me. Sammy Davis Jr. It was adorable. It was very cute. It was just Finn singing and Mike Chang dancing. Yeah. And like this and whole Finn like very 40s his... Finn trying to match Mike Chang's moves. And I just thought it was really cute. It was adorable. Yep. I mean, not much more to say about it, but it was adorable. Well, um, then we get to the Warbler song. I don't know Which what it's called. Somewhere Only We Know, oh. originally done by Keen. Okay. It was very sweet. It was. It was a nice goodbye, Kurt. We love you. It was. Because it was like this, you know, it was cute that the Warblers like came out to say it. And I yeah. like that it was the other two guys who were like, you know, you really helped us. Like, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, Kurt... Hey, I mean, he kind of lost some regionals, if you want to be specific. But at the same time, I feel like he did, he did teach the Warblers a lot. Like, yeah. he, gave, he said, like, get out of your comfort zone. Like, Which they did to sing to him, so. Yeah, very much. At another school, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, this was another outdoor on the Bleachers song, which they've been using a lot more. Yeah. I like that there's a piano outside. I like that the kids had an entire drum kit outside. Yeah. That came out of nowhere. Well, there's a great moment where, like, the two kids are playing the guitar, and they look, and once the um, Warblers start singing, like, they nod, and they're like, hey, let's go play. Let's do it. And I like that, because it was kind of acknowledging the fact that, like, why are there musicians sitting outside? Yeah. Um, the outdoor piano, I feel like, was just there, so that Blaine could walk over at one point and play it, <laughs> even though it was clearly being played the whole time. Um, I don't know. This one, it just, for me, the thing was, like, because I love the Warblers, I was like, I don't. I 
hope this isn't their finale. Like, I want to see more Warbler song, and this wasn't my favorite um, of theirs. No, there's going to be more Warblers, because okay, the good. Warblers album was released, and there's more songs on it. Okay, good, 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 good. good. That we haven't heard yet. Yeah. So this was okay. It was fun. No, like, kind of forgettable to me, just because the song was kind of forgettable, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. a top 40, which is what the Warblers do. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, unlike the next song... Which, of course, I loved. I don't know how you felt about it. No, I loved it. Okay. It's As If We Never Said Goodbye from Sunset Boulevard by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, Not one of my favorite musicals in the least, but this is a good ballad. This is, you know, Glenn Close made, you know, records by singing it. Um, The things I loved about it, Chris Colfer is amazing at singing Broadway show tunes. He is. He's incredible. He has such a unique voice. And the fact that he can sing a song written for a woman, and, like, it just, it, he does something really interesting with it. Just by the nature, I think, of where his voice is. It's, you know, it's, it's higher than mine, probably. Vote. He can hit notes. I can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to hit notes. Um, but it's still, it's not just, like, a guy that can sing like a girl. Like, it's... It's Kurt singing, and yeah. it was so he's good. Incredible. And I'm so glad he's back. I'm yeah. Just... And this, I mean, this was a full song. It was, it was probably too long. It was way too long. But, but I didn't care because I was just happy. I was watching this. I'm like, yeah, this could have ended five minutes ago. But now everybody's looking at him. And, mm-hmm. and have, everybody had, like, I liked watching the kids watch him because they were all so happy he was back. Yeah. I love the Kurt-Rachel dynamic now. And I love, like, the look in her face watching him was just this look of pride. The so good. the um, only thing I didn't like was how fucking literal it was. <laughs> and let me explain. Overcrowded hallways as a bunch of people walk by him. I'm coming out of makeup as he's sitting in a makeup chair in a, like the makeup room. <laughs> My favorite other thing, the cardboard trees, the painted seas. Because there's a cardboard tree. And, some painted and there's some painted seas. Because apparently they're putting on Your Good Man Charlie Brown. Like I didn't. Because that set was the set I did in high school as Your Good Man Charlie Brown. <laughs> like what play are they doing that worked out so perfectly with his literal song of Sunset Boulevard? And the kids just randomly sitting there working the ocean. Yeah. I'm yeah, just like, because what are you guys doing? I like that not only now has the Glee Club like taken over the orchestra, they've also now taken over the tech crew for the theater. Everything. It's like on Community this week when... um. At one point, like, some of the, like, lesser characters on the show are like, God, I thought we'd finally have a class that wasn't all about those people. (laughs) Or, like, on the 90210 Senior Breakfast, when it's all about the seven people you watch the whole time. Like, McKinley High is all about the Glee Club. They just don't get the money. Yep. Because it's hidden. Yep. Do you want to talk about the non Do I have to talk about it? I hated this. This was my, like, low point of the episode. And I'll explain why. This is the Barbara Streisand. I don't know. what is this a real song? It's a song by Duck Soup. Okay. Um, it's a flash mob in a mall. It's a flash mob. Gee, have we seen that before? Yeah, we did see that before. Only we saw it done much We saw better. it done so much better. Yeah. It was with a, a better song. With, a, with, you know, with Joss Whedon. Um, I just, the thing about this was, I, I just didn't, like, I liked, yeah, it was cute, except for the fact that, it just felt so lazy, even though, I mean, the choreography was great. Who are these dancers? Why are they there? Where did they come from? Did Was Puck like, hey, I'm putting an ad on Craigslist. If you'd like to dance, come to the mall at 3 o'clock. Well, isn't that what flash mobs are? Like, aren't, isn't that, like, essentially what they are? People, like, put out ads and they're like, flash mob here, be there? Like, I guess. I don't know. Let's I don't know. There's going to be a new show about it with Howie Mandel. Maybe he can teach us. Is there really? Yes, apparently on, like... 
it's a new reality show where it's like he's gonna stage a flash mob for a boy to propose to his girlfriend or it just I don't, know, I don't know it's the kind of thing like because they're supposed to be sp- so spontaneous now that there's a reality show about them kind of seems to kill yeah, it yeah flash mobs are organized via telecommunications social media or viral emails but they couldn't get people to come to their charity concert a night of neglect they couldn't get four people to come. They couldn't get Maybe. their parents to come. They couldn't get Twitter <laughs> followers to come. But yet they can stage a flash mob with dancers doing professional dancing and backflips in a mall in Ohio. Maybe they didn't utilize their social media, Erica. But they learned in a week. Oh, gee, let's go on Twitter. That's all it took. Well, they they didn't have the Twitter juice to get the the people there. But they did to stage a flash mob dance. Um, um, uh, what do you call it? Maybe they put out an ad. Our friend wants to get a nose job. We don't want her to get a nose job. We'll, Please come dance you, with us. If you have sweet-ass dance moves akin to Mike Chang, <laughs> show up at 3 o'clock at the Lima Heights Mall. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I don't know. I'm struggling. I, I just, again, like, I mean, it was cute. It was very Brady Bunch on the escalator, like, very, mm-hmm. like, you know. But it just pissed me off because it felt lazy. It felt like it's going to look really dated in time when flash mobs are a thing of the past. <laughs> um, and I just, I, it just felt forced. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm a, kind of a grump for feeling that way. Because <laughs> I feel like I am just being really negative on it for these weird reasons. But it just bugged me because it felt lazy. In an episode that, and maybe that's it. Because I feel like the other songs were done really well. And this one just was lazy. And was there no, so that it could be I see, and I can agree with that. I don't know. Okay. It was way too long. I definitely agree yeah. with that. And I don't really know how a song that says Barbara Streisand over and over can stop you from having a nose job. But, but apparently it worked. It so worked. Hey. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew, people? Your friend wants to get plastic surgery and you don't want them to? Flash mob. They're apparently really easy to stage, even if you don't have Twitter followers. <laughs> All right. Next. Um, Born This Way by Lady Gaga. Okay. Was this the only actual Lady Gaga song? Yeah. So that's weird, because the whole, like, they're like, the Lady Gaga episode, but it was one song? They never actually said that. They said, Glee okay. goes Gaga again. Okay. They All never right. stated it as the entire Lady Gaga episode. Okay. I feel like people took that and ran with it and thought it was going to be that, but it wasn't. And it was never advertised that way. Okay. Let's see. Um, so this one... Everybody wears their shirt. Everybody wears their shirts. Should we talk about their shirts? They were fun. Some of them were fun. Some of them I didn't like. Um... I don't like Kurtz, that Kurtz was likes boys. Because the whole point was like something that you don't like about yourself, right? Mookie just puked. Oh, no, Joplin just puked. Oh, Joplin. Aww. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> Joplin clearly doesn't like her weight because she's bulimic. I don't know if it was some, was it something you don't like about yourself or was it something you can't change about yourself? Oh, maybe. Oh, okay. That, that changes things. Yeah, because. Okay. Like, I think it was. You know, I, I was born this way. This is the way I am, and I need to accept that. It wasn't necessarily, I hate myself okay. because of this. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right, and I think I, was, I, think I misinterpreted it. Okay. That makes so much more sense then. So now I'm okay with it. Okay. Okay. Um, so, okay, let's, so, let's see what we had then. We had... Um, Trouty Mouth. Trouty Mouth. Can't sing. Can't dance. Um, I'm with Stupid. I'm with Stupid. <laughs> Both great. of those were great, I thought. I love Pops pointing to his penis. Um, Lauren's was what? Bad Attitude? I think. Was it? Yeah, it was Bad Attitude. Okay. All sure. right. Whatever, hon. Um, Mercedes was No Weave. No Weave. <laughs> okay. 
Um, Tina's brown eyes, Rachel's nose, Will's was butt chin. Um, yeah, no, the t-shirts were cute. Okay, so that changed, that totally changes things now that you said that. And Lebanese. And Lebanese. Well, originally, originally it was bitch, right? Right, 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 right. Because when she came out of her mother, she told the nurse she looked fat. Yeah. Which is a great line. Um, I like that Tina finally got the saying and wasn't cut off. That was nice of them <laughs> to give Jenna Ushwitz something to do. Uh, and it was cute because, again, it felt like they were all having fun. Yeah. And I it was a very it. fun number. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed this It one. was very, um, Frankie says, relax. <laughs> the shirts. Very 80s. Okay. Remember everybody in the 80s wore the white shirts. With, and the, it was like the wake yeah, up before we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. The wham. Yep. Yep. Joplin is now just staring at me. And it's kind of creepy. She's like, why aren't you cleaning up my puke? Honey, I will. But Mama's working right now. Mookie will clean it up. He'll walk over to it and put his hand on it and do this. Oh, it's really nice. cute. He, have I explained to you what he does with the litter box? Yeah. Yeah. Mookie, I, have I explained to the listeners what Mookie does with the litter box? I don't know. Um, if Mookie probably. had a born this way, Mookie's would be bad aim. Because Mookie walks into the covered litter box and somehow manages to get his urine outside of the box, even though there's a cover to it and a flap. Um, and what he does when he gets out and he realizes this is he tries really hard to clean it up, which usually involves him scratching it or taking litter from inside and throwing it outside. So he does what he can. He just doesn't have opposable thumbs, which is difficult. Okay. Um, high points, low points, I guess? Yeah. I don't have any notes, so I don't really have any. But All right. So, so bounce I off. I enjoyed bounce the episode. Off. Uh, Sam's Sean Connery impressions. Great. I love when Sam does impersonations. They're awesome. Because he's so geeky and cute and it's adorable. Um, Quinn being interesting again, I had the Bully Whips, which was the um, anti-bullying Green Beret, uh, Red Berets, or um, Guardian Angels. Uh, The line, Kurt had a beautiful line, which is when he described um, uh, Santana as a Latina Eve Harrington to which, of course, Larry didn't know what he was talking about. And Kurt's great line, okay, if you're going to be gay, you have to know who that is. Yep. And everybody has to know who that is, because All About Eve is a fucking great movie. <laughs> um, Kurt's fashion in this episode, hello. It was pretty epic. Top hat, um, little necklace keychain. He had the, the, the fingerless gloves. Mm-hmm. He was just... I can't, I'm just excited to see him be able to dress again and not have to be in the Warblers, in the Warblers uniform. Yeah. Day. I would agree with that. Um, the line... When he's talking about Barbara Streisand and Rachel's like, is she here? No. no this is a mall in Ohio. <laughs> um, Britney's suspenders I thought were cute. She wore them in the beginning of the episode. It was a cute thing I noticed. And Emma being an actual person made me happy. Yes. Okay. My only low notes were, um, I guess, some of the, the length, some of the Barbara Streisand song. And um, Quinn's backstory not adding up because <laughs> I don't believe it. And it makes me angry. It was an enjoyable episode. Overall. It was. Yeah. I mean, not, I don't think one of the best, um, but no. one of the stronger ones of the season. Yes. It felt, felt very season one-ish in some ways. Uh, something we should point out. Who was not in this episode? Sue. No Sue. No Honey Badger. No Honey Badgers. Yeah. After we were all, you know, excited for up. more Honey Badgers. Yeah. yeah. But have- next week is the return. She's back. Of Kristen Chenoweth. <gasps> That's right. Yes. Which I'm excited for yeah. because I'm always excited for Kristen Chenoweth. The thing I will say, which I hate saying, because obviously I love Sue, um, but there's been a lot of episodes that we've loved that have had no Sue, including duets, um, including, I can't remember which one right now, but... I feel like now now that the girls aren't Cheerios anymore... She's That's probably part of it. Yeah, like it's. I mean, I love her as a character. Her, love her as an actress. Right. But we're getting they have to, to be, that point yeah. where 
you have to let the Glee Club achieve something at some point. Yeah. You can't keep bashing them down with this mm-hmm. character. Like she, especially when nobody's heart is in it. Yeah, <laughs> like last episode, Sue's heart wasn't in it. No, the um, the even the the regionals episode, like it didn't feel that funny on Suzanne. Like it, oh, they got they got to figure Unless it out. They're setting her up for like a big fall where she like. Goes yeah. to jail or something, <coughs> then right. I don't know what they're going to do. It's starting. It's, it's starting to fray. I would yeah. say mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. Um, on that note, we'll be back with feedback. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have something else? No, I did not. All right, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Dan Roebuck, Karofsky's dad, and you're listening to Glee Cast. Choosing a family movie is tough. It seems like all Hollywood can do is make mindless drivel that rots kids' brains. Who wants to see a movie like what my dad watched when he was a kid? Those films are so boring, and the special effects are horrible. The movies he grew up with are sometimes a big surprise. I at times feel uncomfortable watching movies I loved when I was younger with my own kids because I forgot how much cursing, sex, and violence they showed back then. All we want to do is watch a fun movie that we all like. That's why we created Family Movie Night, a podcast where we review movies from an adult perspective. From a kid's perspective. So you can find movies for your whole family to enjoy. We review new movies. Old childhood favorites. Cult and foreign films. And Godzilla. So check out Family Movie Night on the web at fmnpodcast.com or find us on iTunes. Bye! Hi, this is famous Hollywood producer, Robert Evans. You know, I've made a lot of powerful enemies during my time in Hollywood. Like the time I pushed Steve McQueen in front of a moving car on the set of The Getaway because he was macking on my lady, Allie McGraw. But I've made one great friend, a boffo friend, if you will, since I retired. It's called Show Show, and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever. It's even better than cocaine, which I would know a lot about. Visit Show Show at showshow.podomatic.com or search Show Show, all one word, in the iTunes store. Hello. We are back. We, of course, recommend that you check out the uh, promos, you, the podcast you heard promos for. Show Show just celebrated their 200th. They did. They're very they special did. people. Um, Erica and I realized we have no idea how many episodes we've done because we don't number them the way like most people are like, episode 9003. We just... Do them by Talk like mouth episode. So uh, if anybody wants to count them and be like, "Hey, guess what? You reached your milestone. You're at 27." We can well, be we, like, Whoa! "This is this is 18." We went through this last week too. This is 18. We did nine the first season. So add okay. that together. I don't. No, no. We're moving on. We're not talking about this, Erica. You know what happens when we have to do math. I know. I'm getting my calculator. No. Oh, well. So we did. This is our 18th episode, right, of the season. That would be correct. We did. Nine last season, so it's 27, and then we did how many bonus episodes? We did Burlesque, Step Up, Step Up, Year End Show, Year End Show, and High School Musical. So Correct. Four? Don't ask me these questions. Four shows total? So we've done 31 shows. Here, wait. I have the archives on here. Let me just look quick. I'm just distracted by discovering why my cat just threw up. Because you see what she's doing? Eating the box. Okay, I have a giant, my, their scratching post is the box my television came in. It was a 52-inch screen, so it's a very big box. I keep it in the corner as the monolith slash master scratching post. Um, Joplin can jump on top of it because she is tiny and spry. 
And she not only scratches it, but she also apparently eats the cardboard, which might explain for some of her dietary issues. <laughs> hmm, lessons learned, huh? Anywho, should I read some feedback? Yes, please. Okay. Our first email comes courtesy of Wayne Kotke, uh, and his subject heading is... It is 31 episodes. 31 episodes. Thank you. Okay. Go on. Woo, All right. Um, Wayne's email subject. Who's down with OCD? Emma Pillsbury. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he said it exactly like that. <clears throat> Aeschylus and Omicron. <clears throat> After a night of neglect, a.k.a. an episode to neglect, I think Lee really needed a grand gesture to get viewers' attention again. A grand gesture like, say, the 90-minute Born This Way episode, which was pretty much a grand tour of everything Glee does, give or take a suitable gesture. Let's slice it open and examine the innards, shall we? This episode, I must admit, got on my good side right away. How? Two words. George Weiner. From Colonel Sandrez in Spaceballs to Rabbi Nachner in A Serious Man, this guy is all over my DVD collection, and it was awesome to see him on Glee. I thought he did a fantastic job, too. I kept wanting him to tell Rachel the story of the Goy's Teeth. <laughs> Incidentally, if you don't know what the Goy's Teeth are, just Google Goy's Teeth, and a YouTube clip comes right up like an obedient schnauzer. The times we live in, huh? Did you um, Google Goy's Teeth? Well, isn't it in, it's in A Serious Man, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, so I know okay. it's in there. I love a serious man. It's so good. Yeah. Um, George Weiner, because I was curious, because he did look really familiar to me, and I looked him up. Um, you know what else he was on? This isn't where I know him from, but it ties into something you and I were talking about a lot over the last 12 hours. What? An episode of Step by Step. Oh. <laughs> um, Step by Step has become a big topic as of late. Okay. <clears throat> Wayne continues. Kurt really knows how to accessorize a black top hat and a necklace made of keys. Perfect for the coveted Dickensian zookeeper look. I would agree. The Glee hashtag was back this week. Yes, it is indeed a hashtag. I missed the telltale pound sign last week. I couldn't ignore it. It stood out like the nose on Rachel's face. Kill this thing, Fox, please. Um, I just didn't notice it, but I don't notice it. I've started to notice other other shows do it also, mm. but other shows don't keep it up the entire episode. That is annoying. They do it like coming back from it. commercials and then it goes away. Okay. I see the show is moving even closer into a realm where the characters can sing whenever the damn well feel like singing, as evidenced by the I feel pretty and unpretty simultaneously number. Rachel and Quinn, so good to have them sharing a storyline, by the way, were not in the choir room or on stage. There was no band or choir in the background. There wasn't any radio or jukebox. They weren't dreaming. Nope, they were just singing their fool heads off as part of their daily activities. That's good. That's where I've been wanting the show to go. It makes Glee a real bona fide musical rather than a show with lots of singing in it. I think there was a similar unencumbered musical number in the alcohol show as well. I completely agree with Wayne on that. Yeah. I mean, I, it was, and it's part of why I hated last week's episode was they forced all of the songs on a stage, which I don't mm. understand. You're a musical. Accept it. Look at Glee getting all sopranos on our asses with that scene in the therapist's office. How great would it have been if they'd gotten Lorraine Brock over mm-hmm. that part? Nothing wrong with Kathleen Quinlan, of course, except for the fact she had an affair with Tom Hanks. But Brock would have been that. I like to think it. Um, I would agree. Seeing Lorraine Bracco there would have been brilliant. Amazing. But, I mean, the episode was very dramatic, so yeah. it would have taken something away. I love Lorraine Bracco. She's so good. She needs to work more and play more mob wives and not she psychiatrists. She was on this season of Top Chef. Was she? She was a judge, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. She was a guest judge. Um, I just will never tire of watching her in Goodfellas. 
She's so fucking good in that movie. Okay, Wayne continues. I've been queasy about the whole prom queen storyline and what it means for Quinn's character, but this storyline finally yielded some dramatic fruit, to use a terrible metaphor. What I'm trying to say is that Glee's own Princess Diana acted the hell out of the storyline, and again, she managed to bring out the best in another cast member, in this case, Ashley Pink. If I were a cast member on the show, I'd ask the producers, please write me a scene with Quinn so I can get some acting time. <laughs> Take note, Jenna Oshkowitz. I'd agree. Yeah. I think that's something that um, I, you could definitely see with Puck, where he was just strongest in the scenes with Quinn. And I would agree that I liked Ashley Fink in this episode yeah. with those Quinn scenes. Okay, speaking of dramatic highlights, I just love the scene with Kurt, Larry, and their respective dads in Figgins' office. Nice work by all involved. I like it when Spaceship Glee occasionally lands on planet Earth. Well, they have to refill, you know. <laughs> if season two is primarily the season of Kurt, then it is secondarily the season of Santana. Naya Rivera has really emerged as one of the series' most fascinating and versatile players. She can act, she can sing up a storm, and she can do comedy. The scene between her and Heather Morris was another highlight of the episode, and I wish there had been a little more of it. I see the Glee writers are still insisting on working the episode title into the actual dialogue, <laughs> even when, or especially when, it's as awkward as holy hell to do so. Can't wait for Glee to do an all-ABBA episode called Bjorn This Way. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds like something they'd actually do. <laughs> well, because that would be, like, an international sensation. Because yeah. ABBA's, like, the most internationally loved band ever, so that would get, like, the Norwegians watching. Okay, has it been mentioned yet that Erica's speaking voice on Gleecast is not entirely dissimilar to that of Jayma Mays? It is? I don't know. I'm just pointing it out, not passing judgment. Speaking of Miss Mays, the best thing about this OCD storyline is that it lets her do some real acting and not just making goo-goo eyes at Matthew Morrison. Listeners, interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> and once, because I, I read this email a few days ago, and I did, like, I think I read this maybe before I listened to the episode and listened to it, I'm like, I can see that. Not this episode, because not this stuffy. episode. You have a deeper voice, but <laughs> listeners, tell us if you agree. Does Erica sound like Jamie Mays? I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. I take it as a compliment. I mean, it is. Yeah, she has a cute little voice. Yeah. I'm um, pale. I'm not ginger though. Yeah, I, I don't know whose voice I sound like. Probably closer to Lauren's. Oh, voice you're just you. I guess. You're one of a kind. Oh uh, yeah. Remember, you're unique, just like everyone else. But um, bump poster with a spotted rainbow spotted Dalmatian. Wow, this little autopsy of mine has gone on quite a while. Well, that's appropriate. The episode went on quite a while, and I think it could have been trimmed down an hour with no, oh, to an hour with no major casualties. But even though I'm still not entirely satisfied with where these storylines are going, I feel confident in saying that Born in This Way was a major improvement over last week. Amen. And God bless the show for going out on an ambiguous, semi-downbeat note with Santana not yet comfortable enough to join the gang on stage. This episode really had a preachy after-school special vibe going on, but they managed to sneak in plenty of fun stuff along the way. Sincerely, <laughs> Wayne Kotke, who you can find at d2writes.blogspot.com, the blog that cures cooties. That's what his tagline is. Oh, I was on aware. Cures cooties. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, no, and I completely agree about the end and Santana yeah. taking a step, but not all the way. I like that. I think it's it's mature of the show to do. I agree. Yep. Anything else to comment on? No. All right. So do you want to read, um, I read Scott, Scott. Scott, who is from the Fine Married with Clickers podcast? He uh, Feedback from early March shows. He's still behind. 
He says, hi, Eric and Emily. I'm still behind in my viewing, but I'm determined to get through this season of Glee before the next season premieres. I've now seen both the sex and drinking shows and have had a chance to listen to your episodes. I apologize in advance if all these points were covered by other listeners. All in all, they were both definitely above average episodes. Focusing more on absurd humor. Do you like my superfluous you? <laughs> Canadian. In humor. Um, like the whole storks gag and witty one-liners. I I think the I'd say bye, but I don't want to offend you was modern family level funny. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> it's a good line. Uh, about the drinking show. I'm happy you ladies noticed Rachel's nightgown. Nice <laughs> it was not the most flattering look. Not? I think Will was a wee bit over the top as a drunk. He needs to learn to how to act a bit more small for the small screen. On the other hand, Coach Beast is absolutely great. She's been a terrific addition to the show. Where has she been? Um, that was me. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she's I guess... kind of gone missing. I I like her. I, I, I do, too. I mean, what was interesting was we had, a couple of weeks ago, her in the episode, but not even any lines. Like, she was just eating lunch with Snyder, which I loved. And, I mean, it's a weird trick with, with I don't know what contracting is like, because I imagine she was hired for a certain amount of episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, that episode, she literally was in there for two seconds and didn't say anything, and they're still probably paying her the same yeah. amount, in a way. Uh, I mean, it's not like she's commanding a huge salary, I imagine, but it's still a different contracting system with series regulars or guest stars and everything else. Um, I mean, I'm I'm always ready for her to come back because I, I really yeah, like, I like her, her as a character and I want more of her because I think she's just an interesting person. And I would totally agree about Matthew Morrison. You know, he's a stage actor. He's a musical, he's a stage musical actor, no less. So, yeah, maybe it's, so that, I mean, that works as a choir Generally, teacher, like, yeah. But um, hey, you. <laughs> I like him drunk because it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, Scott continues, the sex show. I am not a huge Gwen Powell fan, but I really think she adds some much-needed fun and even edge to the show. Erica, I've got to think it's the Dixie Chicks landslide that you heard all those years ago, because one, it sounds 98% like Fleet, like the Fleetwood Mac version, and two, it was played 24-7 back then. That's entirely possible. Not probably. Um, I believe that a little Sue goes a long way, so this was a good show. The little touches like her putting full packets of sugar in her <laughs> coffee... Is is the kind of thing that that ugh, that keep me going with the show, as it can be brilliant from time to time. I really think that borrowing the afternoon delight gag from Arrested Development is an example of all that is bad about Glee, as it can be terribly derivative. Mm. You ladies mentioned doing Kiss just like Prince. It is possible. It's possible to do otherwise. Are you familiar with the Art of Noise slash Tom Jones version from 1989? If not, Google it. I will. We shall. Michael Malley's sex talks was. Sex Talk was one of the best TV sex talks of all time. It was an intelligent and noble approach to the subject matter, trying to address both the emotional and physical aspects of sex. Good stuff. I love that. I think that's a great way of saying it, too. Um, For the most part, I'm finding the non-musical stuff much better than the musical numbers. I'd be up for a music-free version of Glee. Remember when they did that 30-minute version of (laughs) Ally McBeal? Maybe that's what I need. Take care and keep up the good work, Scout. Oh, Ally McBeal. I had a complicated relationship with that show back in the day. Um, I, that's that's interesting, though, the the statement about the music free Glee. Because I feel like the, what's interesting about Glee, and I know I feel like I've, I've probably said this before, but is it can have such a weirdly diverse audience. Yeah. Because you have, like, my dad watches it for the music and fast forwards to the other stuff. Um, I've also known people who hate the music but like the character stuff. And... You know, it appeals to high school kids or even younger, which is yeah. sometimes a pain because that means we get the Britney Spears episode. But, you know, it also appeals to more mature people and show tunes fans and this. And 
it's a really weird place for a show to be in. And I, you know, they haven't come to terms with it yet. No, um, they haven't figured it out yet. And yeah. I don't know that they ever will figure it out. They might right? not. I mean, I think you might, you know, it, it may be a matter of episode per audience, like the Britney Spears episode aimed at one audience. Yeah. And, you know, the alcohol episode a little more broad, maybe. Um, this episode, I feel like, was pretty smart overall. It wasn't stooping down for anyone. Um, you know, I don't know. But then it's like, then you wonder, how does this episode land? Like, I mean, something interesting is just when you love something on Glee that somebody hates. Like, I started, I was reading TV Without Pity one day, just because I was, like, bored somewhere, um, once they were, and I was kind of curious, like, what other recap, because I read the AV Club recap and the Entertainment Weekly recap of Glee. Usually the two of them are very opposite in what they think of it. And the TV with Pity had a list of, like, the worst songs on Glee, and I was, like, I couldn't believe how much I disagreed with all of them. <laughs> like, they were saying that, like, the Mike Chang sing was, was awful. I'm like, no, no it wasn't. And they were saying the, um... Oh, God, I can't remember which ones, but, like, I just could not disagree more with the ones they chose. Mm-hmm. And it just it's funny how Glee is can be really divisive within itself on what somebody likes and doesn't like in the show, I find interesting. Yep. Indeed. Um, um, we have one more piece of feedback. It's actually, well, technically it's a video, but we can't play that part for you. So, I guess to you guys, it's a voicemail. Um, of course, I somehow managed to put it away on my computer. Oh, Erica. Which You're I, getting old. That's why. Clearly, that's clearly why. getting forgetful. Um, I'm I hear your bones cracking. You might break your hip tomorrow. Okay, I found it. Okay. Um, so this is from. Oh, whoop! It started. Um, <laughs> Our, our, we talk to her on Twitter all the time, and she's never actually written us feedback before, right? I don't think so. No. Because no. um, I didn't know what her name was. So Yeah. Which, it, Dominique, great. Right? Yes, it's Dominique, Dominique. Also known as Sunday, Sunday Violet, Violet on Twitter. And uh, this is... Hi. Oh, it's mine. It's my chocolate. My chocolate. Oh, hello. Hi. So, um, I know I've been shank for a long time, but I wanted to send you guys a message, and I will send you feedback, and like never get around to do it because, you know, I have university and other things. And, okay, so I really wish I could make this a little more polished and, you know, fun. But I kind of have to go in, like, five minutes, and I really, really want to get this in. So uh, here we go. So, hi. You may know me as Sunday underscore Violet on Twitter. And other people know me as Dominique. I'm from Montreal. And Little Bird told me that next week, a certain someone, won't say who, but a certain someone is having a birthday, so mm. I want to make a discussion and lucky, and then this happened, and so, yeah. So, um, happy birthday, Erica. Well, happy early birthday, Erica. And on this day, you will say, Danny, you were born this day. So, yeah. So, I don't really have anything witty and constructed and generally acceptable to say, but uh, yeah, so the episode was awesome to me, by the way. And, and you will find I keep saying awesome, and I don't know why, I just do it. Because you're awesome. So, yeah, and uh, oh, question I want to ask you guys. I'm sure other people would say, what would be your Born This Way shirt? I'll tell you mine. You see this? The hair. So, yeah. Losing hair. But that's okay. I like myself. And now I'm acting wacky. Again, I say wacky, and I really, it's just kind of a pathetic, dork, weird face. It's okay. 
you know, it's, it's all wacky. It's awesome. I can juice with my hair and start. So, um, happy birthday, Erica, once again. Happy early birthday. And hey, Emily, you know, don't forget because you also do it when you have your birthday. Let me know, we'll send you a little thing. I'm gonna have a hat. Very first, very yeah. first. So, um, yeah. So I'm gonna go because this could turn embarrassing. There was a first take of this, and then I thought, no, this is the second. No, wait a bit. This is kind of pathetic too. And now I'm starting to talk really fast, so that means I should probably go. So, um, wait till I hear this. Have fun. Happy recording, and uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> You have to read out what the sign is. There's a sign! (laughs) And then I think it's happy birthday, Erica, doesn't it? Does it? I think so. Oh, it says underneath, yeah. Oh, because, you know what, because in Windows, um, in, yeah, P.S. Happy birthday, Erica, I see it now. It was hidden underneath the play bar on my my thing. Thank you so much, Thank you so much, Dominique. That makes us very happy. Yeah, my birthday is, um, is actually next Sunday. It's, uh... But it's next week. So that means everybody in Gleecast World, you still have Me. another week to, to, uh, to give Erica presents. some birthday feedback and presents. Yep. I'm so excited for what I got, Erica. I'm nervous. I'm, she's making me nervous. You're uh, you nervous. should. Well, I mean, like, you're not, <laughs> I'm just really worried that somebody else got it for you. Because I feel like if somebody saw this and they know you, they'd be like, this is perfect. Um, but I hope they didn't. I, I no guess, one, I'm not no one buys me gifts, so. so I got well, I got you two, and one one is very connected to um to something we've done before, and the other thing I think is fitting for you, and I'm I'm gonna keep talking around it, but um I'm excited, and you will have to uh well you'll just find out next week, okay? When it's your actual birthday, okay? Um, so yeah, we don't know which day we're recording next week. Um, we both have crazy schedules coming up, but uh, we'll get an episode out it, again. It may come out like. Tuesday or Wednesday after the other episode of Glee has aired, but um, we'll do our best. We'll still be about the episode, so there. Yeah. Um, uh, so you can find us on Twitter at Erica's name with a C and at Deadly Dolls with two Ds, D. one and then another um, one. You can go visit us at the Palaver Forums, p a l a v r dot com. Please do. Um, I'm usually pretty good, but I realize I'm totally missed a thread that Wayne started that I will where you can make your own customized Barbara Streisand song. Ooh. Oh my God. That's very fancy. Do, 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 do. Emily, trivia. It doesn't roll, <laughs> roll the same way, I don't think. Um, anyway, as always, send us feedback to gleecast at gmail.com. You can find Eric. You can find Eric's blog. Oh, yes, I have a blog at knitsasmallworld.com. I've been neglecting it. Oh, my God. You have a new monster on there. Uh, yeah. Not, or new I, I had an Easter post, but it's nice. I have Easter fair, knitted fair, but I haven't gotten it up yet, and it's already almost a week past Well, I mean, Easter. you could save it for next year, I guess. Yeah. You can find my blog at deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com. Um, always reviews of stuff. Uh, listen to our brethren over at Palaver. Listen yep. to Girls on Film radio podcast, where you can also find me. Uh, yeah, anything else to say? Uh, just that, baby, you were born this way. Oh, what would our shirt say? We didn't oh, answer we didn't that many questions. Question. Stupid. Um, hmm. See, now I'm confused because originally, when we first listened to that, I had a thought, but then I. I screwed myself because I corrected. You changed it I for changed me. The it was at first. It was like, "What do you not like about yourself?" Yeah, which is then easy. it was, "What can you not change?" Um, I mean, something I've tried to change, and I really can't, is just my overwhelming clumsiness. Yeah, that's a good one. For which, me. like, for like, it's. I mean, I know everybody's like, "I'm clumsy. I do. Oh, I fall all the time. No, oh, I'm really clumsy. clumsy." But Erica, has, Erica, what are some of the things you've seen me do? I've seen Emily trip when there's nothing there. Yeah. 
just fall on her face and on my face like not just like stumble like doesn't even like put her arms out and just fall yeah yeah i can Black. remember when this happened like yeah. a year and a half ago i still have like oh sure it might be gone now no maybe you see it yeah no that was from there and the funny thing was this scar i used to have a scar in the same place from when i burned my arm making popcorn at a movie theater like so it's like one scar is replaced by another scar yeah like it yeah i don't know what mine would say i i don't want to say bitch well, I would say bitchy, not bitch, because that's Santana's, but I don't want to say that. I'm a little bitchy sometimes. Mm. But not, like, hmm. not, I'm not a bitch, right. but I can be really bitchy. Maybe snarky, sarcastic. But sarcastic isn't always a bad, I don't know. But it's not supposed to be, a, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's you're right, it's just something you cannot change. And you can't change okay. Because, like, my initial thought was my ass. I have a giant ass. But <laughs> a lot of people like giant asses. I know. But that was my first thought. But it's not necessarily like I could change that. I'm dieting. So I'm changing mm-hmm. it. So right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, um, I don't know. Speaking of Bjorn, um, I've, I think I've told you about this. I don't know if I've told said an ugly cast. But it's kind of a, a, a serious thing for me is like in talking about my clumsiness, like now um, when I now when I see people with the baby Bjorn <laughs> where like you get to wear the baby like on you kind of thing like a little front backpack like a little um what do you call it, like a papoose um they make me really sad because I mean I don't have kids I don't know if I'll ever have kids or not blah 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 but if I were to have them I could never use a baby Bjorn because I would fall on my kid and possibly squish it and I think that is kind of sad about being clumsy. I still don't have anything, so I'll think about it this week and let you know. Okay. We'll get back to you when Eric is a year older. Yes. Indeed. All right, Gleecasters, we would like to hear back from you, so send us email and Talk hearts, to you then. kisses, smooches. Ooh. It was a kiss. That was a kiss.